spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Please, take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please, open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez. Waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberties every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And we are well into a a very, very high level, um, or at least honest, insightful, varying viewpoints on the reparations question, which I thought was just a passing thing in the debate, but it was getting a lot of press last week, and we, uh, it, it is an emotional topic, and it's being used for political purposes. So obviously we need to address it because nothing is used for political purposes that is not a threat to our liberty. So I'm going to, uh, I know Binkley asked for a couple of tweets. Did you have anything? Should I give you a minute and take this call? I'll give you a minute and I'll take this call. So, but tweet me if you want at Monica Perez Show. Uh, I am going to Tim. Hey, Tim, you're on with Monica. Hey, Monica, how you doing? Good. How you doing? I'm okay. My problem with this issue is people are presenting this as these are black people asking for something for nothing, and that in itself is fundamentally false. What what people are asking for is that the government make good on a promise that was made. That's what people are asking for. What Make good promise? on the promise that the promise that people were promised, and we can go back and we can research the whole forty acres and a mule thing. But people were promised land and an opportunity when slavery was was abolished, mm-hmm. and it never happened. Not for black people, but it happened for for American Indians. They've been made whole multiple times over. They were given land grants. They were given opportunity. They even with the casino license. That's a form of reparations that's been paid to them, and it's still being paid as recently as nineteen eighty. When, when the Congress passed legislation again to further uh, take care of American Indians. It was paid to Japanese Americans after, after internment counts for Japanese Americans. It was paid to Jews after the Holocaust. It's always been something that the U.S. government has paid, and black people went through 400 years of slavery. I'm, I'm in my 50s, and I'm the first generation in my family, first generation of black people, period, in this country that did not live under some form of government-sponsored uh, uh, racism. People lived for, for under slavery for 400 years, and after that, 100 years of, of uh, segregation and Jim Crow, and it was all government-sponsored. Black people were never made whole. Even slave owners were made whole because they were paid reparations for the property, the quote-unquote property that they lost when slavery was abolished. It's not Wait, a question you, to ask. And it, did they? Were they? I thought that's yeah. why it could never be resolved no, black, uh, white people, peacefully. Slave owners, were, slave owners were paid for the property that they lost. The black people were never paid for the for the work that they have that they were done, and it doesn't have to be in the form of a check. 
That's the other right. uh, the other misrepresentation. Nobody's asking, okay, well, cut look, me a check for X number of dollars. But it can be in the form. Yeah. It can be in the form of 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 educational assistance. It can be a form of of land well, grants. It can be a form there of, is of, that, of right? no extra. There is no, some of not. that. I mean, think about it like this. My dad could not have gone to the University of Georgia. And because my dad couldn't have gone to the University of Georgia, I couldn't have gone to I wouldn't have gotten gotten a chance to get legacy points to go to the University of Georgia oh. that may or may not have been the difference of me going. But yeah. the white kids were able to and those are the kind of things that were institutionally in place and they're still in place that, that people of color don't have to don't get to take advantage of and those are the kind of things that, that they matter, that they're involved and they matter. It's not a question of asking for something for nothing. Okay. People are asking to be made whole. All right, let's let's break it down a little bit. I I absolutely experienced firsthand in my own life the impact of a legacy even simply of education or any of that like I did not know how to get a white-collar job I did not understand I I didn't know what a syllabus was when I went to Harvard it was just crazy I transferred from community college to Harvard as a junior and I literally just was so ignorant I did not know what I didn't know, and I and I was at a great disadvantage. I couldn't compete for jobs that the other kids who came from wealthier families. I mean, I think a lot of this is parallel with uh, just the inequality of um, economic inequality, inequality of histories and education. And then you can draw the distinction where there were government policies that created by force these inequalities and and so yes there's a distinction between just the way things shake out and the fact that i was the children of immigrants which was voluntary or, or the grandchild then so you look at okay so there's definitely government policy that definitely affected people with with certain reparations like uh property confiscated by Nazis that Jews many Jews could prove their actual ownership of that and that takes away and if you can trace who got the benefit who uh who lost the property and actually make individual justice like that that's easier to you know easier we're to talking, take but yeah. but that happened but that happened you know, 70 years ago, we're talking about something that was an institution, uh, institution uh, into it over 400 years. We're talking about multiple but how generations. Can you make we're talking about out of that. That's a that's a profound injustice. How can you make it right? That's why it's that's why it, it can't be about cutting a check. But it was institutionalized that the institutions made it happen. There can be things that could be done institutionally to make it right. Like, Get, like should, give me. Three, three examples. No interest business loans. No interest business loans. The government can issue no interest business loans to descendants of slaves, and that will be an opportunity where it's not a. It forces people to do work. It forces people to to invest in what they're doing, and it allows them to be made whole for the injustices that were done to their ancestors. That's something that the, the government could do, and it can't be a situation you go. Well, you bankrupt us. Because it's not about well, bankruptcy. I, don't, I mean, I hate the. I always hate it when when uh, debt is fostered because I think it's a trap. But but some people earlier were saying that affirmative action and other um, kind of check the box advantages were meant as a way of uh, 
making up for the sources of inequality from the past. And Monica, do you agree like affirmative action would count you, as one of these things? You and I both know that affirmative action in theory was a good idea. But right now today, as a minority, I can go down to any, I could go to, I'm in, I'm in Gwinnett County right now. I could go to Gwinnett County and I could apply for, uh, to do business with, uh, with a, uh, with Gwinnett County as a minority business person. And I would have a greater chance if I applied to get minority business, if I had a majority business partner, you and I both know Is that, that true? Oh, no, I don't know that. You, you know, well, you don't know that, but I do. I know that if, if you are a minority business and, and you are a small minority business, if you are a, a, Go in if you have a majority business partner. It is easier to get the well, business. Well, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised is, if having somebody who is established and that a person is easier established if they don't have a legacy of and if, and, if, and who's more who's most likely to be that person that's, yeah. that's more established. Come no, on, so, I get that. So but the, these pre- are, the premise that yeah. the premise that affirmative action is well, that was the the, the end all to be all make good. In theory, it sounded good in theory. And in, in a lot of ways, it helped a lot of people. I think but that was a very small drop in a very big bucket. Yeah, I agree. And I will say, I do not think that there's much... Uh, we're never going to get a uh, a perfect solution. There's, there's just so much inequality uh, in the world, even just naturally. There's this economic theory, the Coase theorem, Ronald Coase, I really like the way he thought he said that uh, assets end up at their best and highest use no matter where they start and even no matter what the costs of moving them around is so ultimately this is why i get back to being i I don't think he was a libertarian but i do believe in that the most good for the most people to quote to paraphrase ron paul comes from liberty and but I, but I have to, I have to say, I've, I've, I believe that affirmative action has had a, a positive impact on, um, at least, changing the, the economic status, of, uh, people from the lower economic echelon to the higher one. I do think that, and, um, whether it is in keeping with my ideology or not, I don't know. But there are things like that, that I think can be weighed. And come out beneficial, but there are also a lot of traps. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, if you're going to, if you're not going to, the devil's in the details. I mean, I don't like the idea of giving people loans. I think that that's a trap. I don't like the, uh, it's easier if it is easier to get on welfare, if you are one race or ethnicity over another one, that's a trap in my opinion. It's not better for you. It's not going to, it's going to align that racial group that gets that different treatment and kind of put them in a pocket that they can't get out of, I think. So there is injustice and I'm not sure we can make it up. I do think if you can trace who did the wrong and who suffered the damages and can identify the damages, that's a, that's a tried and true legal premise. Uh, I'm going to go to Vince and, uh, hello. Hey Vince, you're on the air with Monica. How you doing? Yeah, hi Monica. So uh, a couple of things. One, I'm I'm not a big fan of of the uh, reparations argument. Um, you know, you you talked about uh, affirmative action, but there's also you know various different forms of of, of uh, welfare and government subsidies. And if you take all of those things over the last 50 years, 
which obviously all didn't go towards uh, minorities, but a, but a significant portion did. If you took all of the, that uh, money and you, you added that all up, that would be a, a you know, significant, significant uh, check in terms of, you know, any kind of reparations. And, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why it wouldn't work. You know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there were only 13 states that had Jim Crow laws. Um, and so, you know, you've got the other, uh, you know, 37 states that didn't even have anything to do with that. Uh, you know, you go back and you look at, um, um, you, you go back and you look at some of the things that uh, Thomas Sowell has, has talked about in terms of impacting uh, the, the black family. And he talks about the, it's you know uh, it's the uh, cultural things that are far more uh, consequential than yes. anything that the government ever had to do, and none of those things had to do with uh, you know somebody holding someone else in in, in an oppressive state. You know whether it was uh, it could be a legacy. It could be a legacy of your of your social history, though. I mean, I'm not going to deny that, but these injustices aren't. They have not been resolved because of all that money that you're talking about that went into these programs. I don't think. It, I think they were counterproductive. So I agree. Where does 100%. that get you? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 what would what makes anybody think that anything that the government would do right now, if they were going to put reparations together, they the government can't draw water without screwing it up. Just I don't even think they're Michigan. incompetent. I think that in fact they are uh, bad intentioned. So they're not going to want it to work, and therefore it's not going to work. So uh, that's where it. Uh, Bigley said earlier is that it's not meant to solve the problem. It's meant to make the problem worse. And I believe that's what it would do. And I'm open to uh, continuing the discussion after the break. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blow it up! On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Call in. What's your view? We're talking about reparations, and uh, obviously, there it's people have a lot to say. Eight hundred WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I am going to Yvette. Yvette, you are on with Monica. Thank you, Monica. Hey, my question is: How do they determine who pays for this reparations? Because if you came over on the Mayflower, maybe yes. But if your family didn't come to the United States until the 1920s, why should you have to pay for it? That's that's what I was thinking earlier, is that my family, my grandmother was riding her little bicycle against the IRA, uh, with the IRA when it, the English were oppressing them in Ireland, and that's when they came over at, I mean, over 100 years ago. But but there's there's a great deal of injustice in the world, and a lot of people came here to escape it. And we're are, we're not the oppressors. And what do you do? And I feel like the South was basically destroyed, right? So they're really the fruits of the labor. The damages remain, but the fruits of the labor were destroyed instead of preserved and distributed, as they perhaps a better solution would have been. I don't know if it was possible, but yeah, I just don't think they'd ever have a way to collect the money from someone who was not here during that time. I mean, my God, we could, you know, we didn't even take care of the Indians. What, you know, yeah. so. Well, they were, they were saying, Tim was saying that we did, but I will say that no. that goes back to the original takeaway that I got from the democratic debates overall, which was 
their fundamental viewpoint is that the collective is the basic unit of society, not the individual. But our laws and the only real justice, liberty and justice for all, I actually think it should be liberty and justice for each. The only true justice is you you have to be responsible for what you did just for the practical reason that in order to have an orderly society, you have to control your own behavior. And you will do that if you are responsible for it and only it. We would just devolve into chaos if we didn't have that uh, system. So chew on that and we'll talk more about it after the break. 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. And we've only got a half an hour left. And there is still, I mean, so many great calls. So I've got tweets. I even have my own quote I want to chime in. So we are going to get to it all. So if you are on hold, you stay on hold because I am going to get to every single person. Um, I want to, we were, we've been talking about reparations this whole time and it's a, it's an emotional subject. I haven't gotten anybody with the exception of Tim who, and he wasn't even like on board with what the actual proposal is, but most people do not think it's a good idea. And, and to Tim's point, there, uh, there are grave injustices from the beginning of time. It reminds me of a quote. What he was saying reminds me of a quote I've always liked from William Graham Sumner. A, uh, I believe he was a Yale sociologist from the uh, hundred years ago. He says, all history is only one long story to this effect. Men have struggled for power over their fellow men in order that they might win the joys of earth at the expense of others and might shift the burden of life from their own shoulders upon those of others. And sadly, in many ways, that is true. I think I suspect William Graham Graham Summer was a bit of a cynic, but uh, that is, I mean, that's certainly uh, economic and political history, I would think or I should say political history versus economic history, if you're a real hardcore libertarian. Uh, Binkley, I'm going to ask you to give me a tweet, and then we're going to go to the calls. Okay, I have, have a tweet from Calbro. This is a uh, self-described African-American, and he says, one thing about reparations is that we see people who win the lottery and then they blow the money. So it's about mindset preparation and self-proficiency that makes you whole. The proletariat liberal blacks have a toxic mindset in how to better themselves. I feel like there was a concerted effort that, in this report from Iron Mountain, which is from the 60s, where, you know, maybe it's a blueprint for the government, maybe it's just a reflection of what they were actually doing and planning. There's a lot of truth in it. And one of the things was to to scapegoat people, to euphemize slavery, to make like slave to drugs, slave to debt, uh, to to exploit a dis, quote despised minority. We see a lot of that. There was a more recent memetics thing from DARPA slideshow that said they enhanced dysfunctional subcultures for power in other countries. They probably do it here too. I think that the mindset is a reflection 
these negative things, negative cultural elements are a reflection of this intentional neutralizing of a powerful, independent, very American subculture that does not buy the flowery promises of the politicians because they know that even if you espouse principles that seem fair, like liberty and justice for all, you don't follow through on it all the time. I mean, those are the people who really understand it, like the serfs and Russia or, you know, the feudal system in Europe, like that is the history of injustice at the hands of the elite that keeps people from uh, trusting the overlords. And, and that is something that is important and valuable and to to switch that to to having people think they have to ask for beg have representation to get what's theirs i would just say forget it move on i mean i i didn't grow up with the same advantages of other people i saw around me but it's like blaming your parents for stuff i'm not trying to tell people how to feel feel however you want but for me i think once you're a parent, you're like, oh, I get it. Like, nobody knows what they're doing. We're just doing the best we can. Don't be mad. But really, the, the answer isn't that they're not guilty, that the people who did wrong are not guilty. But it's not going to help you to disempower yourself. You should want, it would be better for everybody, and we can all join together for a, uh, to a, a free and just society, not social justice, individual justice. And then that empowers yourself and you can rise above. So uh, I think that any kind of negative mindset is a, an advantage to the politicians who prey on identities. Absolutely. So, and I know, Binkley, you had a, um, some of these calls have gotten you also kind of riled up or at least have some answers i i haven't looked at what they're saying so let's just go to kim kim's been on hold the longest kim you are on with monica how you doing oh great thanks for taking my call um if you listen to the democratic debates the other night they were talking about oh yeah i want to give free education and free this and free that and and my feeling is that politicians are like drug dealers I mean, a heroin dealer is going to make it easy to get on to heroin, and then he's going to raise the price. And the price for a for a politician is you got to vote for me, or they're going to take away. You know, my opponent's going to take away all your free stuff. And and so the thing is, is that they don't want you to get off of their free stuff because that's not really free. Because if you can get off off any kind of public de- government dependence, it's like if it's like if a heroin dealer, all their people kick heroin tell them to go jump in a lake they're screwed that's a fantastic point i couldn't agree more they don't want to create empowered people because if they if people discover how empowered and how truly capable they are then they won't need these politicians and these promises of handouts like this and it reminds me of when i was in Washington, uh, protesting Obamacare, and there were some European visitors, tourists on the train, and they're like, "What? what's all these protests? I mean, there were huge, huge protests. And I said, yeah, unlike the protests that you guys have in Europe, we're protesting that the government not give us stuff 
<laughs> you know, and and the problem was because we know it's a trap. And over there, you just see people taking to the streets, millions of people saying, no, no, we we want we want if you have a pricing mechanism and you put the productivity and you engage, you determine your own consumption based on a price that reflects all the information about what something has value, you get to make those choices. And all of those choices and preferences and effort are all boiled into the pricing mechanism, which is the source of all surplus wealth. And it and it's and Kim is right and you're right that this that this disempowerment, that's the point. That's where they get the power. Who gets the power? They get the power. That is it, all the power derives from the people. And the less power you have, the social power is a zero sum game, according to Albert J. Knox. So the more power you give up, the less power you have. And they we're the last to know <laughs> about that. All right, let's uh let's keep going. I'm going to Todd. Todd, you're on with Monica. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good. My uh only statement is I know the uh gentleman earlier was talking about his father couldn't go to UGA so he couldn't go because of I believe you said the legacy. Um, the only thing I have is with reparations, if it, in generality, they're saying it affects all black people. So how did Dr. Ben Carson become a neurosurgeon? How did Herman Cain become a CEO of Godfather's Pizza, Burger King? Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Dr. Ben Carson's mom was a single mom who grew up in Harlem. She worked two jobs. And she refused to take the benefit. It's the mindset and the instillment of the family or the parents and the upbringing. If you say, oh, you know, I can't do this because of what happened in the past, that's wrong. It is disempowering, and I, I don't like it. I mean, you can think of lots of examples. Thomas Sowell, Clarence Thomas, people who have expended superhuman efforts and have had uh, these fantastic qualities and good character. And it's, and it's very hard. I find taking examples of, of extreme achievement is inspirational and wonderful. And not everybody is a hyperachiever. And what you look at, uh, somebody else seems to have it easier. I think in some respects that is true, but in other respects, we're all, we all, if you really want, I, I feel like it's disempowering primarily because you look and say that these struggles that I have are outside of my control and they're unusually heavy burdens. But the reality is, I mean, seven out of 10 suicides are white men. So I don't, I don't know what to really make of that, except for we really don't, some burdens are maybe by looking from the outside in it looks like somebody else has it easier. Who knows? I mean, who knows? So we all have these insecurities. Adolescents are in such a mess. I was a mess as an adolescent. It's terrible insecurities that that I think these identity issues, politics exploit this. this and I think it really targets adolescents because that's when you have that terrible insecurity, trying to define yourself, trying to understand the world. And when they tell you that most of it's outside of your control, very disempowering. But that tweet earlier is still haunting me where he talks about um, education is the better. Uh, I hate to go back, but give me just that one, the beginning of that tweet. Do you remember? It was something like education is really the answer, that the lottery system is not. Go ahead. 
He says that one thing about reparations is that we see people who win the lottery and then they blow the money. So it's about a mindset uh, of preparation and self-proficiency that makes you whole. Yeah, and I, I feel like uh, there there is an element of, you know, it's cultural, though. It's not really a policy thing. It's that we have to – it's like guns. If you have a culture of no one ever had any guns ever, you have complete ban on guns, and then libertarians like me come in and say, no, everybody should have guns. There should be no rules about guns whatsoever. I'm not sure. It's like the pot stuff, the drug stuff. Like I'm not 100% positive you can go from a culture where no one's ever seen this stuff before. Not that they haven't seen it here, but I'm just saying if like theoretically to where uh, – people can handle it you need um response see liberty and justice in the society result in that real education not just reading books but like a real understanding of consequences and what's good for you what's in your your best interest that's where i think morality comes from and our legal structure the real foundational legal structure come from that's how it works that's what's good and that's what we mean by good yeah, the education is where it starts, and the majority of the population goes into the public education system, which creates a disempowered mindset quite often. And while these elites, the children of elites, go to these wealthy boarding schools that really none of us could ever really get into, where it teaches them Socrates and public speaking and acting and how to manage the masses that are being disempowered through public education. I uh, Let's – yeah, I do feel like – that's where you get to where the economics and those other experiences are also very important. Because you think about if you were very highly educated and you are in the, the very elite group and you have a lot of connections, are, are people of color in that group really who we're talking about? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is actually suffering damages from this legacy. And I think that's a real thing. And I think yeah. that it's not purely historical. I think that the policies that we continue to have foment that on purpose. They want the racial divide. Yeah. They want to associate different races with different socioeconomic classes. It just makes that that strife and struggle that's essential to Marxism and cultural Marxism alive. Yeah. The racial divide is their job security. <laughs> yes. All, all insecurity is their job security. Exactly. Now, that, let's take a quick break. Um, David and Vance, I promise I will get to you right after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The Monica Perez Show is always intense. David, you are on with yeah. Monica. Hi, David. Hi, Monica. How you doing? Good. What you got? So I was sitting there thinking, the United States was formed in 1776 and we abolished slavery in 1865. That's less than 100 years. Prior to that, the country or the new world was ruled by France, Britain, and Spain. So to say that the United States of America is solely responsible for reparations to all of them, uh, uh, to African Americans for the slavery is, is not, you know, it's like it should be taken to the world to be paid as reparations. And I mean, we're the country that, that 
lost almost a million lives to end it in the Civil War, and they've been paid, you know, through affirmative action and things like that since since that time to try and bring them up in society and more equal. Uh, I don't think that reparations is is anything but a political ploy by those trying to get votes. Yeah, the true injustice will not really the true injustice won't really be solved. But you bring up that the no none of the injustices of the world are really ever solved in retrospect. But the UK thing is so interesting to me because I read a long time ago, so it's not fresh, but I'm almost positive this is the truth. I'm positive I read it that. England abolished slavery without shedding a drop of blood in 1833. I don't know how they did it. If they, the big thing was that the owners wanted reparations, the owners, because they had what they considered to be property. Now, I don't think I don't accept that because it's inherently obvious that you can't own a person and I don't go for that. But, but England continued to engage in the slave trade and we were there customers and they put a lot of pressure on us to continue that they did not want slavery to be abolished in this country because that would impact their economy so i i think that's funny that for 30 years they continued this and uh knowing how wrong it was so yeah let's uh file suit in the in the hague anyway there's so much i have so much material didn't even crack the book today because we had such a lively conversation. But um, we've got some good stuff planned for you next week. Talk to you then. This is Monica Perez. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.